Welcome everybody Welcome. to the Faking Notes Podcast. Faking Notes Podcast. We have we've crossed a lot of of listens, and that is all of you. Maybe just one of you listening to the show ten thousand times. Over we can't tell ten thousand times, but ten thousand. That is why under a year. That's you, fam. We don't hey. listen to it. I I listen to it maybe once or twice. I literally realize, I close my oh, eyes so I don't even see the audio, and then I close. I make sure to plug in my ears, and then I just oh. press export. Load it up raw. Mm. I usually listen with a nice glass of whiskey neat <laughs> these days. And then about 30 minutes in, I always start crying. I don't know why. I always, I say, I don't want to listen why. to it. I, I, I run it through the, a transcript machine. I print, I print it out on those old fax things. You know, you can like uh, peel the, the paper yeah, with the holes oh, on I the side. Yeah. And then, and then I, I dip it in the whiskey and I eat it. Ooh. That's, I think that's the only real way. Just check the transcript. No collusion, dude. Check the transcript. <laughs> it was a perfect. It was a perfect pod. It was a perfect pod. No collusion. But th- thanks everyone for joining us. So we do start off with a pretty. Uh, this is a disclaimer here. A pretty yeah. heavy, yeah. heavy subject, and then we mm-hmm. <laughs> we go down even deeper. So if you want to feel good, maybe f- for about thirty minutes, forty-five minutes. Yeah, maybe fast forward thirty minutes. Um, Drew, do you want to just give a like a little brief promo of yeah. what they're missing out on? I, I just kind of I was talking about my reaction to uh, one of the latest. Uh, I'll just say it what it for what it really is. It what appears to be a lynching of a young black man uh, from Georgia, and uh, by by. Uh, two citizens they weren't even law enforcement and it's on video it was uh being prevented from released by the police and it just it just leaked this thing happened like two and a half months ago didn't even happen yesterday so it's kind of like wow 2020 baby we're crushing it (laughs) crushing we're crushing it we're we're just we're going for a apocalypse bingo but we we do talk about happy stuff in the end we got a lot of uh, inspirational quotes we stole from other people along the way. And, you know, we're all in this together. So thanks again for listening. Yeah. We um, love you. We love you. Faking fam. That's all we say. Faking fam. Yeah. As always, uh, yeah. five stars is the only way we can uh, communicate it's to each other. way, dude. Before you listen, you have to rate it five yeah, stars. Yeah, don't, you know what? Don't even listen. Five we stars. We don't even earn shit here, bro. This is Faking Notes Podcast. What do you think of this? Meritocracy? <laughs> just grab grab your friend's phone subscribe it without telling yeah. them let it fill yeah. up the, all the space on their phone that's friendship bro I woke up this morning looked at my phone it was iPhone storage full and I was like huh I look 50 gigabytes of Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> I was like oh <laughs> You downloaded it all. This thing messed my phone up, dude. So I deleted all my podcasts. That's hilarious. So. Except, oh, except for the had, Faking Notes podcast. Um, I had 120 20 gigs of podcast data on my so phone, dude. Funny. 120 gigs. Oh my god, bro. Why? That's more than like a MacBook Air can like store. And you had it up. What's wrong with me? Oh, you know what's <laughs> you know what's wrong with you, Drew? Is that it wasn't 126 gigs of the Faking Notes podcast, Faking Notes which podcast. is just like all of our listeners. So they're going to check their phone right now and be like, "Oh my god, these guys have been filling up my my storage. I'm gonna have to delete them." I'm gonna have to delete everything Perma-delete. and unfollow for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, speaking of anyway, unfollowing, yeah. uh, don't do yeah. that. We love you, faking fam, and we hope oh, you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, check it out. <laughs> All right, that'll do it. 
Um, so, so yeah, do we actually have video this time? Is this it? Is this our first transition to Zoom video? I mean, it was inevitable. <laughs> have it was inevitable. I'm always I looking for that inevitable. matrix, that matrix quote, and then no one. No one remembers it because it's in the second Matrix, right? No, no, this is the first yeah, one. Yeah, the with the architect. With the architect. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you are an inevitability, an anomaly, in an otherwise perfect, perfectly streamed line of code or whatever. I don't know, but you, you've you already yeah. know more than me, even though I, I always try to quote that movie, and yet I know very little about it. Uh, but, but, but now we actually, we're kind of in a world where we're, just like that moment in the matrix because we all have all these little screens. He has, he's in that room with all those little screens of everyone. And that's just a zoom. Mm -hmm. And it would mm -hmm. make sense that everyone says we're in the matrix. No, we're living in the matrix too. <laughs> it's confusing. There's unnecessary characters. The plot doesn't make sense. There's some two white people just kind of floating around everywhere. We're living in the matrix too. <gasps> that's a brilliant, <laughs> Perspective. Okay, so who who's Agent Smith? Is that is that President She? President She, yeah, because it's Agent Smith is competent, but he's everywhere. And so that, he's overbearing with power and resources. That's a yeah, that's probably good. You know, I can't good. even that's I can't even one. rift with it. So now that we're on video, I can uh as you can see, I, I wheeled in a bookcase for my the background so I could have a nice composition of the shot. I think I agree. However, the shot is unbalanced because if you go by the rule of thirds. Oh, I've ruined it. I'm I'm half 50-50. You probably should be over to the right a little bit more on my on my side. You're you're left. And plus I'm like I'm splitting. Well, I am trying to body block the back of my chair. And Yeah, why are you trying to do that? You're so self-conscious. Why are you being so self-conscious, bro? You're covering your mouth with the boom. Like you just like you're hiding behind everything. Are you okay? Dude, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. <laughs> but welcome, everybody, to the uh, Faking Notes podcast. Faking Notes podcast. Um, yeah. I hope you've enjoyed well, our intro, but we wanted yeah, to keep going. Yeah. And so now, what on earth is going on with you? We're in week 400 of the quarantine. I'm dealing with a little bit of PTSD from that video that went out. <laughs> Of uh, <laughs> from Georgia, oh my goodness, fucking yeah, gracious, Ahmad, uh, isn't that wild? I mean, remember, because again, like this is one of the like specific topics I've like written music about, which means I've tried to study up on it. But remember that particular surge from let's say 2014 to 2016, where it was every week. Yeah. So I'm actually that was a surge, dude. Surprised it. Was. it it took this long for another one. And, of course, this one hits home, speaking of video, uh, because there's a video. It, it really seems that nothing happens. Audio doesn't matter anymore. Definitely not text or descriptions. Um, for other subjects, particularly like abuse, you know, if, if someone writes an article, you, you think of the Ray Rice uh, scenario. Like, no one mm -hmm. cared. The NFL didn't care. No one really cared mm -hmm. until the video dropped video came out and it's real and, and it's like oh same thing with uh sandra bland another of course tragedy mm -hmm. no one cared until there's a video and it's sad i mean it's it's sad there's really nothing Fine else just just what yeah say about it it's all a statistic and what i usually see and what makes me feel subhuman 
is when people then immediately deflect and start talking about other problems. Mm -hmm. When we're literally showing a video of somebody being chased down and shot with shotguns from the back of a pickup truck. Like, it is unbelievable. I don't really recommend... Watching it. I recommend that people watch it, but, like, you got to just make sure you take care of yourself the next couple of days because it's it's just imagining especially if you're black because mm-hmm. when you're black you see you you see you being shot you see you being on your daily run when you're just minding your own business you know and maybe you do something questionable maybe you like you know pee in a bush somebody <laughs> sees and then they're like hey a, they call the police on you. This is, guy is, is that, exposing is that a gun? himself. Yeah, is that penis is that a, a gun? gun? He's huge. I mean, like it's got like he's got three legs, right? <laughs> you can't you can't use a tripod to shoot here. But yeah, that's not what that's not what Amad yeah. Avery did. I, what what I think is important is that we tell the story. I think because it was like, from what I understand, is that it was withheld, mm-hmm. and and it was leaked. Like the uh, the law enforcement did not want people to see this, and yeah, I can't see why. Because two and a half months terrible. ago, there was a lynching in America, in the state where I was born. Twenty twenty. So people come to me in twenty twenty, and when people come to me, and they tell me that racism doesn't exist, when they tell me that oh, all lives matter, blue lives matter, it's always. It always feels like a middle finger to the fact that one day, just because of the way I look, I may be gunned down and nobody's going to care. You know, how how are you supposed to feel about that? And nothing happens. So we can even go back to this, like the series of events. And I remember mm-hmm. back when it was just at the peak of the zeitgeist 20, 2014, 2015, where it was just, it mm-hmm. felt like every, every week there was a new something. Yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, well, there's, there's a, there's so many factors and there's so many angles. And I like, unfortunately interested in the subject because I think it just shows so much about where we are as a country and a people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so much is packed up and encased in this very specific topic. And I remember, uh, in, in this 2013, 2014, 2015, the period uh, where all the, these police cams, phone recordings of people, one reason we know about so many of this is bystanders all have phones that can actually video these things. Uh, so, of course, it begs, begs the question that we all know the answer to. Uh, what was it like <laughs> before it really? camera phone? It suddenly, uh, is this a new thing? Oh, my God. Like, why are now all know, these videos? Right? Oh, it was mm-hmm. – uh, all metrics point to, of course, it being worse – prior to cameras and we just didn't know about it because it was probably written about in text. Everyone think of your local news. Think of your local news. It's Channel 9, Eyewitness News. Your parents come home at 6 p.m. You know, so-and-so, Johnny, the the football game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what is it? Three, three robberies, you know, murder suspect, black, something. And, like, that's the text. Like, they're always, you know, it's that fear and... There's never, there's never photos. There's never anything. They just kind of like gloss by it. You don't really hear about it and certainly not any video of it. They're not going to air that on TV. And so like that's at least one benefit of the social media is 
people can find out about. It's no longer local news when someone is shot in Georgia. It's not Georgia news. It's global news. And so that's one of the perks. Like, I think justice, which is almost seems to never be served fairly, it's at least taken to consider. And at least there's outrage. At least we know about these things. Um, but particular to 2014 and that time period was one of the things that frustrated me most, too. Besides, if you, you have to look at every case on a case-by-case basis. Same with mass shootings, same with these police shootings, uh, racially motivated shootings, religious shootings, everything, there will always be a a case-by-case basis. But I remember when it was, we were at peak whataboutism to where it'd be be like, well, so-and-so, they should have done this. Or, but in their background, they did something when they were 15, uh, as if that warrants them getting murdered uh, by, by judge, judge officer. And well, so-and-so shouldn't have done this. They should have raised their hands. And then what happens? One week later, there's the person who is a registered gun carrier uh, in his car, showing his hands, telling the officer, hey, I have a gun in the car. Like going through the exact steps that like the NRA would recommend you do when you have a gun and you like it could not be more textbook. And then they, well, what about this? Sure enough, one week, yep, one week later, boom, like there'd be a great example of what of of what someone following the rules and then you know well what if it's this and then it's that yeah. twelve year old or thirteen year old in Cleveland uh, playing playing tag and and then the next and like now this we've had multiple examples to where it's perfect like you could there is nothing done jogging. Yeah, what if they were running away from... What if they were running at police? Okay, yeah. we have videos. And it, what if and they were running away from police? We have videos. We got videos what if they were unarmed, had their hands up? And said, I'm unarmed. For we I'm been, unarmed. Yeah, yeah what if like, What if they're in their house? And like, the only time that Justice has been reached in the near past is when it was a female cop and she broke yeah. in. And that's another she, thing, too. She killed that man. The only yeah. time, like, prosecution happens is if the cop is also a minority or it's a woman. Like, like when, when does the white guy go to jail? The, the whataboutism is just, like, infuriating because it never amounts to the, well, they deserve to die. It, it just it never gets... It, no, yeah. but that's what is meant. Mm-hmm. It's like, they deserve to die anyway. That was... They got what they deserved. That's what it feels like, even if they don't intend it, right? It's the fact that this person is no longer living. They were yesterday. Mm -hmm. They were, or whenever this happened, they were just before that somebody's baby. And then they just may have made a mistake, may have been completely innocent. And then they're just gone. That in 2020. And it's it still happens like it's preventable yeah, and bro. it continually so happens. And plus, uh, someone I saw a tweet just maybe it was yesterday, or the day before that, like really just rung true with me. And it was something along the lines of, you know, all you really need to know about the state of like America and it's it's uh, and racism is that uh, George Zimmerman is still out walking and auctioned off the gun that he used to kill. Trayvon Martin, Trayvon Martin for $138,000. And just to to think about that and to withdraw it into a normal context, imagine if your child or family member was murdered, was shot, and someone sold the gun. That killed them. That killed made them. made six figures. The, like, in what, in what context could anyone ever think 
that's remotely <laughs> okay, moral, or any any of the above. Who would buy that? Like, what does that say about you? Is do you think it's going? This isn't a like contemporary art that you think it's going to retain value. I would, and I would, and I would give all the money to the family. Do we know? Do we know what happened with that money? Oh wait, they gave him the money. No, no, that's the problem. He didn't give them the money. But I can't remember because he keeps getting in trouble. But hey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't stick to him. It'd be you. You have to do one of those like Wu Tang clans where they only sold like they made one a full album and only sold one copy, but it went to that like <laughs> pharma asshole guy. But what you should do is, yeah. is like you know you buy that gun or whatever, and then you like smelt it down or do something. You have to like do something like purely artistic. No, you got. I don't want to put on wax anything violent. And that's all I would really have. I would mold it into something very violent and I would apply it against said subject we're speaking about. Yeah. <laughs> one thing about that one in particular, that was that case, watching Trayvon Martin and Zimmerman getting off from that, I that was the day I think I grew up. I think that was the day I stopped being a kid. Hmm. Because in my brain didn't make any sense. It didn't make any actual sense. And I used to read about all this stuff in the textbooks. I used to hear my grandfather talking about stories, but they were all stories. They were all black and white. They were all in the past. They weren't in high definition, 1080p color, mm. you know, it, it's, it's, and to see that, you know, even after that I had given up, I was like, okay, so this is what my life is like now. I really just, it, it's not that society's gotten better. I still can just die one day for, for some fuck shit. Right. That, yeah. That's when I grew up. But even after that, it was just horrible. And then it got a little bit better. It got a little bit better apparently because I started also, you know, feeding my brain with other things. But it's so easy to fall into that rabbit hole and just like, I see how my granddad spent his whole entire life, you know, fighting for civil rights. Cause this stuff does not change if you don't devote your life to changing it. It's. And it's mm. so, it's all these micro changes. And that's the most frustrating thing is that the, the pace, well, my hunch is that yes. And like the data shows like things are improving but it's at such yeah. it's at such a slow like, oh. rate it's like whenever you're depressed you like look at those like good stats and it's like death disease like oh there's so many good things that while we are like bending the curve of justice we are bending it but it's so slow and like this is this is an easier one like guns is an easier thing we can solve we can't foresee all the diseases all the covids uh we can't there's a lot of things we can't that that are harder would be harder to control but this is this is a pretty easy one because the example is the rest of the world that's the example like so many other places uh don't have this problem to where we've just militarized everything. Uh, we're just running around, going full Rambo. And, I mean, we, yeah, we could honestly just yeah, talk about this forever because I've just, like, we've spent so much time mulling with this. And, yeah, it, it's, it had a lull in the news for a while. There wasn't much about this. And, like, this is another big one. This is the big, this is 2020s, at least for now. I think that 
you know, each generation kind of ha- probably has their moment, like Rodney King and the L.A. riots. Like, that's a defining thing. Like, people heard about mm-hmm. it. They saw it where everyone remembers. And I guess for the past decade, if you had to pin one or pin on two things, it's probably Michael Brown. Michael Brown. Oh, that's that's a good one. Um, Michael Brown was like one of the first ones. Where we, that kind of kicks social it, media kick, where and kicks like, it Black Lives Matters. Yeah. And like yeah. Trayvon's probably the biggest mm-hmm. because of just for, for a lot of these, it's like you hear about it and then either it got washed out by another shooting or, you know, the cases take years. But Zimmerman's one, it felt like we got to see every bit of the stage from finding out it happened to seeing the mm-hmm. court proceedings. Eric Garner. We don't know what happened in the court. It wasn't because it was a grown ass man murdering a boy that was smaller than him, who was armed with an Arizona iced tea and Skittles, bro. If you're afraid of a kid with an Arizona iced tea and Skittles, you are weak. You are a weak man. You are small. You are a small individual. And how he handled it and how he handled it after. For his case, why I think it'll probably be the biggest standing one is we just got so much before and after. Another big one, of course, is uh, is uh, Newtown. So, uh, with the big one with the school, like that one's probably gonna be like Newtown, the unfortunate defining the where uh, what's his face? Uh, he went in and shot up the uh, like elementary school. Are you talking about Sandy Hook? Oh yeah, sorry, Sandy Hook. But that's it's in Newtown. Oh okay, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sandy, yeah, yeah. Sandy Hook. Because then, of course, yeah, later yeah, yeah. on, a couple of years oh, later, we have Parkland. God. But I, another oh, one of those I know, like I was on the ship during parkland dude i was wild i was like y'all are crazy there were like three four five shootings in 2018 and i was on the boat and i saw all of them i was like what is going on the i mean that's one (laughs) i like wrote a piece specifically about but Mm. with the yeah the new town like um Mm. sandy hook uh that was the one that like i was like i need to like really pay attention to this and that was the one i like focused in because another one of those poetic things just like the um the george zimmerman auctioning off the gun and letting us everything you know the moment so that a person went in and shot up a bunch of children in an elementary school and we enacted no changes no updated laws so many of those failed the moment that happened was the moment i not gave up but was just like okay this is enraging like this is going to be a long battle they lost we could not, we are going to, America decided at that moment that it was okay to have children shot. Mm-hmm. And, and not and not do a and, goddamn thing no, about not, it. Not right? a goddamn thing. They talked about it. They even floated the tiniest yeah, measures yeah, yeah, yeah. and those could not yeah. get passed. They listened uh, to some parents who lost their baby girl, yeah. their baby boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, how powerful is your donors and your ideals if you can sit there <laughs> and listen to those parents coming in there? It really speaks to like, the brainwashing of ideology and just the power of, of funding and the fear of being taken down to where you could honestly sit there and listen to the testimonials of parents who no longer see their children that you could have done something about and then you still vote that down. Like, fuck you. You know what they were doing? Yeah. They they had their Blackberries open to their <laughs> bank account, like <laughs> under <laughs> the <laughs> desk, and they just kind of would glance at it every time they got nervous. They were just like, oh, shit, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, don't say anything. Dude in the corner is, like, hitting a button every time. <laughs> he gets a little nervous, and the number goes up. He's like, oh, okay. The, the NRA's Pavlov. 
I don't recall any uh, actions in place or that we're going to implement, but we are going to uh, workshop. We're going to have a think tank really look deep into the root of this. And we think there's a lot of mental health, but you know, at the end of the day, we, we probably should have had a good guy with a gun on the premises. <laughs> what if teachers, you know, we don't pay them enough. These people who they uh, talk down and despise, what if we armed them? Maybe then we get more education funding if we I just know. AR-15. <laughs> they're not valuable. Let's turn them into soldiers too, right? <laughs> Make sure they all go, they're all national reserve. That's what they should do. If that's what they're trying to do, they should be putting uh, national reserve people, people who are actually trained. Why, that's why are that's we, what we need. Yeah, why don't we just get the yeah. army to teach us our multiplication yeah. tables? Why don't we just close our eyes and submit to the military-industrial complex? That's great. Completely. We need a police state. You've heard it here, folks. Faking Nose Podcast. Advocating Bro. for it. We could run on this platform of just a brutal police state regime. Okay, what if we voted for guns instead of people? <laughs> there are more of them. Wait, wait. What if we voted with guns? Like, you walk up, and then, like, who you want, you just shoot the target. And it's just like, oh. Dude, and if you miss, your vote Joe Biden. Count. Instead of Joe Biden, let's just put an M sixteen. Let's just let's just put it on the ballot. <laughs> I mean, all joking aside, I really would feel yeah. better if uh, if just like a dormant gun <laughs> if sitting there was on a, a, an assault rifle. If it was just sitting on the desk, Joe Biden. I mean, I would feel much safer than uh, if than Trump because at least it's not gonna. It's just or sitting Trump, there, yeah. like it's not gonna enact any law. It can't sign stuff. It's a gun. It can't talk. I'd vote for a gun over over it, Trump. That might get it me can't in trouble. tweet. It can't tweet that, though. That, that's, that that's joke might get me in trouble, Trevor. The problem is, I, I already just do. I just made the joke, so I'm already getting. <laughs> We're okay. Let's just go there. Hey, okay. Let's calm it down. Let's calm it down. <laughs> let's calm it down before we the faking notes podcast is over. Party starts trending on Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Winton told me something today because he's also the one that showed me the video. Thank you, Winton. Yeah. Giving me PTSD. He was like, have you seen it? I was like, nah. That's man, what roommates are for. It's like, though. are you ready to get He's traumatized? Like, you see it, man. Yeah, you, you, you want to get traumatized and have PTSD for the next week and a half? So he quoted the serenity prayer. Uh, and it actually never, it never hit me. I'd heard it before many times, but it really meant a lot to me this time around hearing mm -hmm. it. It's by Reinhold Niebuhr. Niebuhr? N-I-E-B-U-H-R. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. I have no idea. He was an American theologian from 1892 to 1971. Thank you for your service. Uh, he said, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Mm-hmm. And I like, I just want to sit with that because I think we all can learn from that right now, especially during a pandemic, you know? And it's like, and this one's gonna just blow up because of course there's video, there's like clear corruption and negligence. It's, mm -hmm. it's Georgia and we're all at home sitting there watching it. And I think- With nothing you, to do. <laughs> and, and just like, oh man, you know what I could really watch? Murder. <laughs> yeah, on you Twitter. Know, 
Twitter murder. And it's got to be, it's got to be traumatic, just uh, particularly for you. Like you mentioned, and I've seen, of course, our dear friend, uh, Lee Colson mentioning like, it's like, you know, you, you know, stop sharing it. Essentially like, like, do we, do I have to like, it's traumatic. Do I have to like, uh, particularly a black person in America be constantly exposed to videos of people like me getting shot and, it really does bring up a point, and it's this weird. I think about this not just with this particular one, but any, any shooting videos, any mm-hmm. particularly traumatic things. It is something to consider and balance. Uh, you know, exposure to these and like you know, like weighing the options. Because also, I bet if there was no video, definitely if it was only like a newspaper article or text, mm-hmm. no, we wouldn't talk about it. But no. it is also traumatic to watch it. Someone. Again, I'm taking all my news from Twitter now. Uh, yeah, me too. Twitter armchair. Bad. So someone else <laughs> Don't posted. Do it. Someone else mentioned, it's like, when did Europe start really taking uh, COVID seriously? Mm-hmm. And and they, I, I can't remember if he was like singling out Europe in general or specific if, if it was Germany or Italy. Like when did when did people there start the citizens start taking things seriously? And apparently, it was when they started showing bodies on TV. Like when it starts circulating and unfortunately, mm-hmm. like, you know, you got to do it old stall and like numbers don't mean anything. Like think about what we're all still talking about and 60,000 plus people are dead. We're going to cross a hundred thousand, uh, you know, more than a bunch of our recent wars combined. And think of how traumatic those are. Like think of how Vietnam is a staple in American culture. And yeah, we're blowing past that in just two months and it doesn't mean anything. And I think it's because we don't, see it and it's balancing <laughs> you know like should we be putting up videos of people getting murdered like i don't i don't think so but what does it I, take what I does do. it take like i do i, I think wanted be, i wanted to states the opening up states opening up when their numbers are going up when cases are going up and people are now just because it's getting warmer they're like let's open up and i know it's an economic issue i know all of these things but you won't have people protesting without masks if you're showing how devastating this disease can be if you aren't testing people, if you don't have a record of who's sick. Like, that's the whole point, dude. We are so behind on that. That's the issue. Again, I'm just going to (sighs) keep quoting poetic things that stick in my mind. And I think that's actually (laughs) why I have been drawn to this. I've spent more time on these subjects these like tragedies with my music and uh, i wonder i think it's because there's just like moments of like purity in mm. in tragedy that really just like shows who we are that i i just haven't pulled from anywhere else that's why my two best pieces easily are both about shootings one more specific than the other and i don't know i just i get more out of tragedy because there's just these really poignant, devastating moments. And it just feels more human and more alive than anything else before. And, uh, that's probably why it's, I feel it's not, not my, my life work, but one of my main focuses that I will continue to do is addressing these, these types of, of things and through music. And of course I voiced this before we, I can't remember which guest came on, uh, but we've specifically talked about like, dealing with tough subjects through music because it is a giant trap for artists. It is a, it is a gaping hole 
that you will fall in and you can easily fail when dealing with sensitive subjects. And the thing that stuck in my mind too is that the more sensitive your source material is, mm. the more serious you should, the better that piece better be. It's kind of like the jokes, you know, the, the mm -hmm. more tough the topic is you're going to joke about, the better that joke better be and the more thought out that joke better be. And it's really the same thing with art. So when I wrote a five-minute piece, a five-minute small piece uh, about Parkland, I spent six months on it because I, I knew if you do a tasteless job or even a mediocre job, you'll have done a disservice to its act. So, I mean, I take it very seriously and I've also studied a lot of pieces and that's something I've noticed uh, between the pieces that I think do a good job of dealing with tra tragedies. Like there's a lot of pieces about 9-11, huge tragedy. How do you address that through music? There's more often than not, there's landmines. You're going to, it's, it's not going to go well. Uh, but you have to sink in so much thought and for me really research uh, to to really understand and boil it down to like why on earth are you saying something uh, about this that actually does speak for itself. Mm. These tragedies don't really need you to add heaviness to them. They're still really close to us. We, we remember them. Uh, what are you going to say that is it going to contribute at all? And that's something that has always stuck in my mind and and even just moving forward, what I think but about. Those are all negative. Yeah. Those are all pejorative, man. I think it's it's important to, yeah, to understand the gravity, but you shouldn't. And I, I think this is a creative thing that I fall into as well. It's like this, this negative ego where it like gets in the, gets in the way of you doing what you need to do. And a lot of times it says very rational things like that. But if you want, to really say something about something heavy, the intent is the most important thing. If your intent is clear, and it will be if you take the time, you don't have to worry about that, all that other stuff. I'm, it's I'm, all solved. But you know? I've also seen a lot of people intend to draw attention to these pieces. I mean, I, I don't think many people go in with the intent. Because, the, the of course, the, the thing we're always concerned about is you don't want it to be gimmicky. Because uh, that's a slap in the face. And two, you don't want it to feel like you're just taking advantage of a moment, which some people, it really does come across that way. And you hear the piece. Uh, and so, that, I mean, that's, you know, up to the artist. It's what you're comfortable for. But not in a negative sense of, like, avoiding. I, I just tried to Mac Miller cover and stop. And because it felt like right when he died, I started working on it. I was like... He's trending on Twitter right now. I feel like I should probably wait. Yeah. It's a, it's so, like a great example. Dropping on his birthday and, or something. And I bet a lot of other people, and there, I'm sure there are people out there who are comfortable continuing with it and like, no, now's the time for a tribute. And I don't know. I've just not been that way, but I don't really do it negative in a sense that I try to approach it with more sensitive sensitivity and mm -hmm. like to know my place. Like when you're going to say something about these uh, that's why a lot of it really is research. And I always joke, I'm, the FBI has to be watching me because I'm a white male uh, <laughs> on the internet and I'm constantly researching these things for these compositions. So I've Googled, I've, I've read up on everything, interviews, so what, police reports. Uh, so I'm definitely on a watch list. So what is a Scar L uh, 
what kind of what kind of what's the ballistics? What, what kind of what kind of uh, magazine I, is that? Is it rocking with? I don't I don't even know. Five five six five five six uh, millimeter. <laughs> I don't even know. Five five six. You mean seven six two maybe? Maybe uh, you know <laughs> nine millimeter? No, but <laughs> bro. Yeah, like, like in, in, yeah. Anyways, yeah, just like yeah, unless you're searching stuff. for guns, I think you're okay. That was that was my case in point. I was exonerating you from the terrorist watch, right? So there, the FBI, they, if if you're listening, he don't know shit. FBI, I'm, I'm, I'm just writing music. He's I a noob. I'm just writing music. He's uh, just trying to speed run. Don't don't I'm run just, him. Dude. I'm just busy trying to automate my Google spreadsheets. I'm not trying to hurt anyone, dude. This has been so depressing. Can we please? We Please have to talk, talk about something, something happy. So happy. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, dude, my whole dude, that has messed me up, man. I want to be happy and giggly and silly. Uh, I just, I don't even. I need to consume happy stuff. Do you have happy things? Do you have good news? I'm not interested in happy things. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I just. Mean, there's that. Uh. Okay. Okay. Before you go on. Okay. Can that be my job? Can I just be the all? Because I'm usually the optimist, and so when I start feeling sad, I need somebody, to, somebody <laughs> to make me feel happy. I'll be that for you. I was gonna give the shout out to. Um, I haven't watched it all. Or I've only seen like little clips, but you know, a great yeah. idea of, of course, John Krasinski's now got that. Uh, was it S and D? Some good, good news. news. Yeah, um, SGN, and so, you like, know, that's you a clever like that, idea. You like that? You like that? Uh, like this show, I've I've barely watched it, uh, but okay, I've I've seen it. I've seen the, a funny the the most recent thing I've seen is the f- a funny response because he has mm-hmm. the spinning globe, and of course Twitter wrote in and was like, "Hey, the globe's spinning in the wrong direction. Will you please fix it?" And so he re- read all the comments, and then had someone animated a new intro with the globe spinning in the right direction. So um, oh my god, these fucking nerds! Shout out Twitter. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, oh man, dude, come on. Can, can you just let him <laughs> do his thing? Dude, as a content creator, I get comments like that. If I just do something, oh and they're like, hey, actually, though, <laughs> you should have used a semicolon there. It's like, oh my God, dude, please. Can you leave? Yeah. You never have to see why, why, why would companies ever waste money on quality assurance anymore? When all you could do is just post your thing on Twitter, like every flaw, every bug will be pointed out to you shortly. Even ones you give it a comment section, <laughs> bro. But you know what? In some way, though, the thing is, is like, I think we have to change the way we think about going on the internet. You have to just view this. This isn't real people you're talking to. This mm-hmm. is a proxy for people because when people are in front of you, they're not this rude to your face. And typically, if they are, you will have seen it coming or you deserved it. So, or you could just be on a jog, minding your own business every once in a while if you're a brother. So, stay woke. My point <laughs> being, <laughs> my point being, like, I don't know. You just got to realize that the text form is not how you're supposed to communicate. Well, we're missing uh, the empathy. I mean, obviously, like, if you read any comment section, uh, and the worst I've ever seen is just go on like Yahoo News. That's my favorite dumpster fire of comments uh, because who knows what's going on in that particular section. It seems worse than YouTube, worse than anything I've seen. And yeah, you would never say these things to anyone's face. 
You wouldn't say them to your family. You wouldn't say them to your friends. You wouldn't say them to your enemies no. to their face. It would never happen. You say it behind their back, though. The anon- or yeah, Twitter. being or on a podcast, but <sighs> being anonymous <sighs> is is the advantage here, and it's, it's something's got to stop. I do think about that. Like, if I ever going to comment, I'm like, would I just say this to the person? Mm-hmm. And that's why I never comment. So, <laughs> <sighs> you know what? It's kind of like we have to be, we have to like find some sort of way to change the disclaimer or to upgrade that form of communication because it's missing the love. I feel Mm -hmm. like I have a lot less, because I don't talk to people face to face that much anymore. I feel a lot less love, even though I get it. Like I'll talk people through screen it, even texting people I love, it's not the same. Um, and I've learned this from doing social media for a while now. And it's so funny how you have to change your brain. Like you could either become a very arrogant person that's, that just thinks they're the shit because you read all your comments and you just absorb that. And it's like, Ugh. you could be in the middle where I try to be, where you absorb it, you know you're doing the right thing and you just kind of use that as fuel. Mm-hmm. Or on the other side, where you're like, these people are all lying to me. I'm fooling everybody. What the hell is going on? And so it's very, like, I've gone to that spectrum a lot where, like, even when I'll put stuff on it out and I'll read the comments and people are like, oh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be like, wow, thank you. I, I, I will feel that, but it's not the same as if I was sitting in front of them after a concert and we were having a drink. And they were talking to me and I heard mm-hmm. them say it. I saw their body language. It cheapens the real emotions people feel. And so it, it, kind, of, it kind of robs you of the real love that happens in this world. And so that's what I've learned being cooped up in my house. Love is given face-to-face presence. It's energy. It's vibes. It's not just words. Yeah. That's great. I mean, we're gonna you're gonna need to we're gonna have to crop that segment up because that's okay. It's perfect. Uh, the the empathy you get from in person. I love how you pointed it out. And since you being uh, so far and like so much of your life is drawn from this online lifestyle, and a big part of that is comments. And since you're performing, you're putting yourself out there. You're putting out what you're doing out there, and then it is subject to critique. Uh, from this very imperfect form, which is the English language on a screen, uh, <laughs> what it do? It does really sound that like it. It has a much higher potential to cause negativity. Uh, but there, of course, are moments to where you're vulnerable, and then people reach out, and you realize like, oh, everyone else is in that same boat. And those are like incredible moments that I think other people might not. You know, that is one thing probably unique to this time, like. Uh, as a guy being vulnerable about certain things or as an artist, you know, even if someone's won a bunch of awards, heck, this just happened yesterday with someone I know, a close friend, and he posted up one of your kind of typicals, like just feeling like a constant failure and like Mm -hmm. never, you know, getting older and never feeling like they're going to amount to anything. And this is someone who has a much bigger uh, resume than me. And like you see these types of things, but they open up, they expose that. And then the next thing you know, it's 100 comments of supports and, hey, I also feel like this. It does allow you to, in some regards, to not feel alone. But That's the positive side. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And for other of those who, like, aren't in a big city, like, it, 
and in moments like now, like this is, we all feel like we're in this together because I keep I mean, having you don't want to be in a big city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, we're all in this together literally because we're all on the internet. I'm watching all of your Zoom videos all the time. But it, there's that negative we really honed in. Like it seems like uh, maybe not more often than not, but a huge part of it is now there's just a new introduction of negativity in our lives that wasn't there before. Because before, how often were you, communicated to about you like no one was writing newspaper articles about everyone all the time how often early in your life were you communicated to to where you couldn't see the person before like mail how long did that take geez like you know you got communications what once every month like and and then that was that took time and effort instead of firing off on the twitter machine you know just yeah if you got it if you got sorry south central la everybody (laughs) We got we got cop we got helicopters, airplanes, police cars, fire trucks, the works, name it, ice birds, cream trucks, homeless people, lots of ice cream trucks. You right? You saw that in my story today? No, I didn't. Yeah, I just okay. okay. I, every yeah. every time I I swear there's just a ice cream truck that exclusively drives around your block. That's all it does. All oh, day. dude, there there's there's at least four. They all have different <laughs> jingles, so like I can tell which one it is by the jingle. You can set your watch by the jingle. Oh, it's the red one. The red one's coming. Went and let's go. <laughs> let's go get some crack. Because <laughs> there's no way they're selling. Oh, you hear the hear the sound. Uh, dogs. No, it's it's like uh, why, who's buying ice cream during a pandemic? I guess they're, yeah, like first, yeah, who's leaving out and going to talk to anyone? But at least I guess their advantage is that since they're in a truck, they're mobile anyways, and they're maybe not restricted like all these other businesses. But yeah, who's, who's, I don't know. I don't, you know, who's always running and buying ice cream anyways from an ice cream truck? uh, Only from Ben and Jerry. That's what my friend Kiazi said. He was like, I only get my fix from Ben and Jerry, dude. <laughs> I was like, bars. That's bars, man. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, yeah. other other positive news. So, at least people are now craving it. Enough craving for a celebrity it. to make – craving just po- positive things. Like, Oh, yeah. For a celebrity to take time out of their busy day celebrity-ing uh, to make a YouTube show. <laughs> Celebrity-ing? Yeah, celebrity. That's what they do. Celebrity ing. Celebrity ing. Ah man, you know it, it's caused me. I think this pause is so good because like I've just started going back and watching some of my older stuff, uh, and I've been doing a little bit of editing for some clients. So, mm-hmm. yo, um, I don't really like doing it, but if you were listening to this and you like need some videos edited. Uh, I could knock it out for you. I I charge it. I charge a nice fee, but I'll make it look good. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. I just am trying to do things that actually pay my rent, um, and balance that with things that will one day pay my rent when things. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that phrasing. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I miss you, dude. So you're uh you're gonna be coming back this way soon. Oh yeah. So I'll keep it brief because so, you yeah. know this is very important for the listeners to know my schedule. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm gonna tomorrow drive the 16 hours back to LA, move out into a storage unit, turn around and drive 16 hours back to Denver. So after all the talks, because the one downside of uh, of renting from a like a bigger, you know, it's a corporation. Just the building. There's three buildings. They own 
who knows how many other buildings elsewhere. It's just, it's, you know, an invisible corporate office somewhere. Uh, the downside of that is that, you know, they'll take a loss over like being that flexible for you. Like they, you working out some deal. So, you know, we called them, we, we, we had just a little more on the lease just into June. So it's not like we're, you know, we'll at least save a month, but Hey, we're probably coming back end of July, August. It was a really worth the hassle of moving out just to save one month. You crunch the numbers. Yes. That is a lot of money. One month's rent plus insurance plus gas plus all these things for paying for an empty apartment. It's a lot. You you know, we might as well save that dough. But we call, you know, we talk to them like, hey, what if we just like pay a little less, pay less for that month? And then we'll just continue on with our normal rate for month to month after that. And because they're a corporation, it's just like, uh, that's going to be a no for me, dog. They don't need to, you know, as opposed to someone like, say, like Winton, like that is a that is a landlord. That's someone who like owns the property. It's him. He's still working. He's still figuring it out. He's not a mega corporation yet. Winton is okay. Winton is doing fine. Oh, I'm sure he's yeah, because he'll he'll always he'll always be fine. But just as an example of someone who, you know, you can call a human who's in charge of that, and you could like work out something like, hey, I'm going to leave, but I don't want my room to disappear. You know, if I paid less one month, that's okay. Like this corporation's like, no, they would rather eat the loss uh, for the chance God of renting it back out. So lame. Yeah, but I mean, they are doing it. Lame they are being lose. flexible. They're letting us get out of the lease early, yeah. so we weren't pushing our buttons. But uh, look, I, I, I'm I'm glad the things are turning out okay for you guys, though. Yeah, I mean, things things are going well. I mean, we're we're both very lucky compared to the mass, vast majority of our musician friends and that our jobs have continued and almost no one else I know can really say that in, in the music world. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. I, I've kind of like out of fear for my friends, I've like reached out them, to them mm-hmm. individually, but I'm kind of like making sure that I'm taking care of myself and I'm making mm-hmm. sure that like I do my thing. Cause like, it seems like one of those situations where you got to secure your oxygen mask, man. You got to put yeah, that. The plane thing is on. going down. Listen to the Bro, announcement speech. Yeah, listen to the flight attendant, man. We going we can have a rough landing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, I'm just gonna tuck my head between my knees. I'm gonna put a pillow over my head. And uh, I really hope that's a life raft down Zanny. there. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Is, is that a life raft? Are you happy to see me? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to do what everyone does on the airplane when you're, when it's about to crash. I'm going to yell at the lady who keeps pushing her seat back into my space. I'm gonna shoot my shot with that chick in the in 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 55A. <laughs> <laughs> Now's the time. She just left the bathroom. This is it. <laughs> she hadn't even got back to her seat yet, dude. Jenny, you need chance. to you need to wash your hands. That's disgusting. She um, was connecting from O'Hare too. Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> Where are you going? Mm. Me too. Oh yeah, that's because we're on a plane. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What would you say to a chick? Okay, so you, you see a chick that's super cute on the airplane. It's super late. She's reading a book, but everybody else is asleep. So it's not super weird to like start a conversation. What do you say? So uh what Albuquerque, you your final destination, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, what I, my opener, I just like, I stare, I just stare uncomfortably, and then I, I like your eyebrows. 
Oh, and then she writes a blog post about you when she When she sat beside a serial killer, just like. Yeah, she's like, oh, this dude was probably a white supremacist. You have so, you have my skin. I want to wear it. <laughs> uh, I haven't murdered anyone. I haven't murdered <laughs> anyone yet. Yeah. You've got to say yet afterward. I haven't gotta, murdered anyone yet. Gotta have I these, will for you. It's just, <laughs> I'd help you bury the body. <laughs> I'll do anything for you. Yeah. God, gotta love <sighs> thirsty, thirsty boys are crazy, dude. Actually, um, I'm one of those people. I enjoy it. I'm either 100 percent on, 100 percent off on airplane, airplane conversations. It's it's kind of like mm. an extended form of my Uber conversation to where, like, if they initiate, yeah. I'll talk the it's whole over. time with them. Yeah, but I rarely want to initiate because, and also sometimes I'm trying to work. So it's headphone in. I'm like, please don't talk to me because I will talk to you because I'm procrastinating whatever I'm doing. But again, poor Amy, she'll just start rolling her eyes because she'll be not, she'll be passing out. She doesn't want to talk to the Uber driver. She doesn't want to talk to any. And me, I'm like, it's time to to practice talking to humans. And so I'll find out everything about this person over the next. Does it go okay? Yeah, almost always. I mean, rarely. And even if they're weird, it's. (laughs) Better. I love talking to weirdos. I've had some really weird conversations with people. I mean, even that last time I talked to that lady who is like old lady racist. Oh. I, I think that's the only one we've talked about on the pod. Old lady racist. Yeah, the last time special. I was coming back after the holidays, like she like didn't realize she was trying to in like old people way. They were like talking about like Billy Porter. She didn't realize uh-huh. like he does the whole uh, cross dressing thing. <laughs> even though I'm like, wait, wait, you're telling me. You knew who this was, and you didn't yeah. know that. That'd be like, that'd be like, uh, I don't know, like you're sitting there, and and after like going to have a great time, you didn't realize like Neil Patrick Harris was gay. It's like, wait, you didn't, you do realize? Word. Like, yeah. yeah. Just like, what? Like, how did you? Not I didn't know? either until yeah, like until I like saw him do something other than How I Met Your Mother. He's a good actor. <laughs> oh, he's a great. Oh, he's a great actor. He's a great actor. But the Billy Porter thing. I bought it. I bought it. 100%. Great actor. And so it was just mm-hmm. funny. She was just describing. And it was like a little weird. She was just phrasing it in that like weird old people racist way. Or like uh, mm-hmm. I guess this isn't entirely racist. Whatever it is. Uh, just scared of uh, scared of non-binary people or dudes, you know, dressing up nice. Um. But hey, it, it was look, yeah. dudes dressing up nice. I never understood why that was per- perceived as gay. And I also, get that a lot. And also look at a uh, groom and shit. Yeah. Well, this is a little different because he's at halftime. He's going and coming out in a dress. But even still, like, have you yeah, ever I seen don't like do that? Have you, it's <laughs> it's like also like everyone's just like, why are things so different? Why are people doing? It? It's like, look, dude, look at look at like old royalty and old pirates. That's a dress. <laughs> Facts, and these Jack people Sparrow were, had mascara for days. These people were feared. Like the actual pirates that inspired Jack Sparrow, like your Captain Kidd, uh, all, all these old ones. And like, mm-hmm. look at him. Like, dude had braid, you know, braid, braided hair. Dude wore a skirt and high heels. And these people were, were terrified. Like, like, come on, that was tough. If you were a pirate, you looked tough. Bro, and they were wearing and a dress. You just go to islands and just, just like have sex with so many people. <laughs> Like, like you wore mascara and you were like that dude, man. Like it's crazy, but you also were a criminal. Yeah, you also were a criminal and a murderer and a rapist and pillager. But Look, make it fashion. 
making fashion. Like I like to I like to think that pirates are really like Jack Sparrow. Like yeah, that's like, how <laughs> I imagine. They're just charmingly misunderstood. <laughs> you know, shout outs, Pirates of the Caribbean, great They're movie. They're charismatic, you know, charismatic pirates. I watch a uh, One Piece. So <laughs> that's all about pirates, dude. I'm I'm a pirate fan, dude. Oh man. Remember we had that big sense. we had that big I guess parts of the Caribbean was like kind of like peak pirate fandom where there's all these additional pirate movies. Dude, I dressed like a pirate that year. It was like seventh grade. I remember we dressed up to go to after of course the first one came out. I remember like our group growing up, we would dress up and go to the premieres. We were mm. like that. I remember resisting it because I thought it was really cool. Well, I didn't think I was cool. I was trying to be cool and I was like, I don't want to dress up to go to the movie theater. Yeah. But for Pirates of the Caribbean, I caved. You dressed up. I dressed up. How, what's your opinion on it now? On uh, dressing up or Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> uh, let's start with, <laughs> no, dressing up to go to the movies. Uh, I mean, if it makes people happy, I don't care. Like, so many th- few things. Just, I mean, back then I was just sitting there. It's just like, I hope I can kiss this girl. But you imagine know, how much more fun they have. Remember going to the theaters and like that was like the date in high school and like middle school? Like that was like the date. You're like, I'm going to kiss during the second act. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. That was the only place it was possible. Like nowhere else could it ever happen. Like that. When like the characters are about to kiss on screen, it had to be the movie. And you're like, and you've been sitting there like doing like the hand, hand holdy thing between the seats and you're like, Popcorn, Ooh, that's risky. And, that's and then a shoulder, trip. and you're counting shoulders. Oh, the shoulder, yeah. Oh. You're, and that's and that's like the movie in the cover of darkness, and surrounded by other strangers, was where you put the arm around. And dude, but her locking. parents are like three rows back, dude. Like, but, are you sure that's dude, bold? Her dude, dad's she, watching. Dude, she 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 she's she checked out my MySpace. So like, there's all <laughs> <laughs> there's what. We're going in, boys. <laughs> yeah, she 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 put me in her top eight, dude. I'm yeah. in there. I I'm, checked oh, out. I know I'm eight. She had Dare yellow card on her preferred music on MySpace. I put them on my preferred music on MySpace. If I could find you now, things will get better. <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet With for you violin. as a string player, yeah, I bet they were yeah, up in the coolness. Yeah, I didn't even yeah, think no, about that. That was dope. No, I was like, oh, sh- I want to do that. And then I started doing it. And I was like, "Oh, this is okay." <laughs> yeah. And then and then Brahms later. Well, that's the same thing with me, guitar. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do this to get cool." And then you know, fast forward two years, it's classical guitar, it's obscure guitar. <laughs> so uh, just like, the farthest thing from cool. Yeah. The 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 opposite of cool. So I remember. Oh, a great experience of things not going um, going well as like performance wise is the, mm-hmm. like the the high school senior talent show. So I go out there and do my own version. Of eruption, and it's just not going well because uh, I didn't practice. I'd already s- slowed down on guitar, but also like no one, no one would get it. That like, it's like a in 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 parentheses, every guitarist will laugh at me that it's a big deal to play this virtuosic uh-huh. guitar solo. But also like, who, yeah. who cares? So then I go out there and do that, <laughs> and people are being nice to me, like yay, like that's so cool. So I'm like doing the advanced advanced tapping. I did the. The live version. Oh, you did all the tapping. Is it, oh, yeah, and that's the that's the easiest part of the actual song. Like for really, that's the oh, that's the flashiest so thing, and it looks dope. And so I did the hand switch where I'd switch the from under guitar to above guitar to under guitar to above guitar. So, Are you serious? And so people are like, oh, so sweaty. 
the, but also liking it too. <laughs> and so people are like only kind of liking it because it's like who ca- who cares about like fancy guitar stuff? So of course like I do that and like you know some some other group comes on like an actual band, you know, comes on and just plays like a simple I don't uh, know shine down or yellow card like song and people just like lose it because it's objectively way cooler and like people recognize it. So <laughs> what do you think the difference there was? I don't know. Well, one, I, mine wasn't, I only did like, okay. Cause like I said, it was a weird thing where it was a milestone. I knew I wanted to do it because remember everything's so important in high school, mm-hmm. but also I had already slowed down on guitar by senior year. I was playing way less. So it was kind of like, a the last exhaust fumes of before mm-hmm. when I put down that instrument and go study the coolest instrument. Bassoon. 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 Yeah. yeah, let's be real. I should have just played yeah, should have just played bassoon for them. I think <laughs> I think they would have really liked it. But uh, they probably would have bumped with it way harder, bro. You you fucked up. <laughs> Can I give a possible observation? Mm-hmm. I think intent played a huge role. Uh and the intent to do it for you is maybe why people didn't at that moment. And then the intent of the band after you was for the, it was for the people, you know, the energy is different and the vibe too. That's a great observation. I didn't even think about that. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. That's 100%. And so you got out of it what you wanted anyway. So that's Disappointment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I also love my favorite Public thing rejection. I'm bringing it up by, by again, my favorite things. Uh, so we'll just keep referring to, like, tweets and, like, poignant moments. But mm-hmm. <laughs> a funny tweet was, like, someone said, I was like, I feel really sorry for, like, all these, like, high schools uh, and college seniors. You know, they were going to be putting on their theater productions at the end of the year. And they just, they won't know how uh, unimportant that is in their life in five years. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like they're missing out on all the, all these proms and these important milestones that they won't realize don't actually really mean anything later on in life. I mean, we've for taken some that people, from them. it's the the biggest night of their lives, dude. Isn't that crazy? That is really sad. Like people peak in high school and then prom is like when they're like prom king or whatever, and then they they're the only one out of all the other dudes at the alpha male. They got laid that night, and so like that is the peak, and then they get a they get they get a knee injury during football class uh, football practice in college. It ends their career. They start you know doing some dead end job in communications. They have a wife that doesn't love them. Selling you know, cars at their local they're Toyota. Selling, you know, look, um, they got they got promoted though. Okay, but they see their family less. They miss their kids. <laughs> recital last. Next thing week. you know, they're forty six. First divorce is coming up. We might be clocking in on the second. Kids won't talk to him. Kids won't talk to him. Dog is dying. You know, He's kid wants to be a dog down. kid wants to be a rapper. That is unacceptable. Oh my! Worst kid is a rapper, <laughs> and he's got <laughs> tattoos on his face, and he's addicted to Xanax. Uh, is this Post Malone? Are we talking? <laughs> we're talking. This is uh, Post Malone's dad. We're yeah, talking, just, telling the story of Post Malone's dad at so uh, Malone yeah. Toyota dealership. You just. <laughs> Malone Toyota dealership in Dayton, Ohio. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, dude, yeah. Now that we let me Google search that. Hold on. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> it is. A, it's got to be Dayton. That's Malone, the only place you'd have a Malone Toyota. 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 Let's see. Let's see if that even exists. Malone Toyota. 
Carl Malone Toyota in Draper, Utah. Okay, We've so done we it, got folks. the date wrong. Bro, I love the internet, okay? Can I just say? Shout outs to the internet. Google. Part of the faking fam. <laughs> internet, big the essential part. It's yeah. the only way. Only way it can get to your eardrums is through the internet. <laughs> oh my God. What, you know, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Bro, I can say. I, do you know what's kind of weird? Mm-hmm. I was at Trader Joe's in line today and I was looking around and I was like, for some reason, I felt like when I was a kid, I dreamt about a scenario like this, you know, just being, and maybe it was because maybe when I was in elementary school, we read about the influenza the first time and I saw all the pictures in the history book of people wearing masks. I was like, oh, that's really weird. You know, people had to walk around always wearing masks. I mean, we were like diphtheria and yellow fever, that one book. And they would do, and at the beginning, they would wear the mask, but they wouldn't cover the nose. So people still got sick. They didn't realize that you had to cover your nose or they, they covered their nose, but not their mouth. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that it was a unit. <laughs> Lol. What if there's a virus that comes out that gets only through your ears? Are we just going to, you know, how, how are we going to protect that? You've just described the plot of The Quiet Place. <laughs> <laughs> John Krasinski, shout out, celebrity ing. Oh, he is he in that movie? He he wrote it, and he's in it. Oh, he wrote it. So it's Ooh. him and his wife, who's she's amazing. I'm obsessed. With Emily Blunt, I love her, and they're the they're in that like cute, really cute couple tier, like up there with like Kristen Bell, Dax Shepard, to where yeah, yeah, they yeah. they act very very normal. And now, and I know of people who have met them and worked with them, uh, and they actually are pretty normal it's kind of real like the chris bell Dak shepherd don't have a huge house and yet because they're both in every advertisement ever made they must have lots of money they must have insane they're, money. Sh- they're living below their means dude that's oh, how you accumulate wealth insanely below insanely below yeah. their means yeah that's I mean, what you do though they're, yeah. they're just advertising everywhere they're working all the time because i like it but yet, bro, get ready to not normal. hear from them ever again in about ten years. They're gonna, yeah. they're gonna hit the eject button. For they sure. have to, and plus the ones That's probably when their kid kids get older because they've mm-hmm. when they're younger they've protected their kids. Like Kristen Bell mm-hmm. was was the main person that, who spearheaded a lot of the like child protection laws for celebrities. It was her because they were coming there trying to take take always taking photos of their kids, and like we don't know what their kids <sighs> look like. And the internet too, man. That's a big thing. Like I I I wanna be a proud parent and mm-hmm. everything. I don't know if I'm gonna be sharing pictures of my child on the internet. Yeah, what do you they do? Are old enough to be on it. It is a weird thing. I don't want subject. people being around and seeing my kid and knowing my kid and being able to identify my kid. That ooh. It's a security concern. Ooh, bro. I just know that as soon as the day I become a father is the day I'm going to be very different and the day I'm going to be simultaneously nicer, but also simultaneously much meaner because ain't nobody touching my kids. Someone, I mean, they always phrase it like once you have a kid and, and like, yes, there are some things we can imagine. Yes, it'll be different. You know, the old same phrases. But what they say is like, it's in that moment that you, that suddenly like, you're not the most important thing in your life. Oh my God. And that's what everyone says. And that's the mindset. (laughs) 
It's just, yeah, I'm like, I'm not a fan of me. I, I can't wait to pay attention. I hate being the most important person in my life. It sucks, dude. But so much pressure. I always let myself down. That's like, because I've heard people who are always like great sleepers. The moment they have a kid, they don't sleep anymore. Like all these other like little transitions. And, be, and part of it is just because of like concern. And then suddenly there's, some, there's something else in the equation. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it is a weird thing to think about. Because think about like by the time we start popping out these little kids. By we, our significant others, we ain't doing shit. We're just, we're just popping in. You know what I'm saying? But uh mm. Once we start popping in our little children, like, who knows what, what, to what tier, like, facial recognition is and all these other things will be going on while they're growing up and what access is available through social Contact media. Contact tracing. And, yeah, like, what, you know, what are we going to do with these kids? And, like, it, I've, I've seen other great examples, you know, uh, Chrissy Teigen, John Legend, another amazing couple. Their kids are all over the platforms and it's great to see them parent. Kristen Bell, Dax Shepard, we don't know what these kids look like, but they show, they're always talking about parenting through this and it's kind of nice to be exposed to their family and, you know, people, we have a weird celebrity culture in America. By weird, it's like, it's insane. But even still, it is nice to know that some of these uh, people can function in a semi-normal way and still have to, even though they have like tons of advantages there are there's still some crappy typical things that they have to deal with that the rest of us do and it's entertaining to see them go through that and to hear their tips they also have more access to things resources so it can be useful to be explained things to hear about things from them uh so i don't want to just discount it as something to be ignored but yeah yes there's something like to be said about being famous hollywood famous right Mm mm-hmm because honestly, that's just kind of, it's America. It's not, it's a little worldwide, but what's crazy is like thinking about Casey Neistat famous mm-hmm. or like where he's got millions of followers around the world. It's not just America. So leaving the country, you still, you're not, people still know you. That's the thing about the internet, dude. Like mm-hmm. that, you definitely are putting a footprint, so you better be a good person. Cause like, oh, 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 oh. don't ever make a mistake, bro. If ever. anything, I mean, the best example, of course, is when you hear all these old sports like NBA players. Uh, mm-hmm. They're talking to Michael Jordan. They're like, oh yeah, we did all these awful things that wouldn't would not stand at all for the test of time. And now every NBA person now, you know, they're walking around thin ice because everything they do is going to get captured. Or they're going to reveal it themselves. Like it's it is a different world, and you know uh, we've talked about in this past is the value of how we approach fame is very different, and how so many people, younger generation, very much included, you know, have moved famous up the rankings of what they want. And we we cited we're talking twenty thirty episodes ago to where they they just done some polling over the past couple of decades of, of like goals and like values and like what you would want to do and like rank them out of 10. And is it family? Is it money? Is it security? Is it fame? Uh, is it this? Is it health? Is it this? And fame used to, fame amount of money used to almost always be towards the bottom, particularly fame. It was a nine or 10 of the slots. And now it's, it's, it's really high up on the top. Fame and recognition uh, across the board and money and these other things continuously higher up in the ranks and it's just our mindset of change because we're surrounded by nicer shit 
and we we and we have easier access to these celebrities. We see the opulence. We see what mm-hmm. they got. We got more billionaires. People are having crappier stuff. And you know, it's we want more and more and more. We want more and more and more fame. And so these kids, uh, you know, are looking out there. They're also like, <laughs> wait, why would I aspire to get this crappy job? Like in the past, <laughs> in the past, you know, I want to yeah. take over my parents' uh, shop. You know, selling selling motorcycles. And the past would be like, oh, it's nice. It's the family tradition. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. be a tradesperson or selling this or doing that. Like, no kid My wants that. My dad's going to teach me how to do yeah. it, dude. Like, like no no kid wants that. They want to be YouTube famous. They're, because also they see is that that is a clearer path to potential income than so many other things. Because why would you bust it, go to college for six years to work work at a job that still pays the same it did 30 years ago? People are desperate to fast track this and just fired you because of yeah like this pandemic. So I, you know, everyone yeah. boohoo's the fame thing, but I don't blame them because on its surface it looks more appealing. At least now we're seeing some, we're we're being revealed to us, uh, and you yourself have spoken about this: the negative sides, the depression. Like it's why you have so many celebrities still with with all of their dreams re- uh, realized beyond their wildest dreams realized, still depression, suicide, eating, you name it, these these very tragic things that we're all exposed to because we realize it is not everything. Because it's lonely. You know what I mean? Like when you, uh, one thing that I find is people often, it depends on like how they know of you, right? Uh, recently I've been doing talks mm-hmm. with many different people across the world. I did a talk with some kids in Bolivia. I just did a talk with some Brazilians. Uh, I've never been to either of these places. And when I joined the one yesterday, especially, they weren't even speaking English, but they knew who I was. Do you understand how much of a mind fuck that was? I was like, what? Shout out to Two Violence. They're a, uh, they're a couple of Brazilian content creators that are just starting out mm-hmm. and uh, starting to do some interviews and make some content. So it's, it's for, it's, it's really inspiring people to really get out there and do it. But like to be a YouTuber, to be a Instagrammer, to be an influencer, all these things, it's just a different type of work. And it's not, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. It's cool to be recognized. That's cool. But, but, you want people in your life. I think it's just kind of like you shouldn't exchange the ideals of fame for connection because those are not the same thing. Being famous does not mean you're going to get that feeling of fulfillment through connection because that's not what it is. Probably makes it harder because like you said, what you've grown over time, you become less, you can become less trusting of what you hear because you start to hear so many things filtered through the lens of your fame. Mm -hmm. Yes, because people don't want it. Like, yeah, people even now will say, I'll, I'll, I'll want some opinions. They'll be like, oh, it's fine. It's great. It's great. You're great. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's, it's like, not. It's <laughs> like, it, yeah, if it me wasn't like me, yeah. you wouldn't say that. And I've always joked about it. Like, I at least try to be uh, pretty tough on these. <laughs> that's at least what's led me to good collaborations is that, like, no matter who it is, trying to do that of course it's impossible to avoid in some cases uh, because sometimes what someone needs is just peer support but um i don't know i think one thing that's at least helped i think for both of us be able to provide 
critique, even to those we love, even if it's someone starting out or a professional, is our training, <laughs> is being analytical and having consumed so many media uh, and educational things and, and worked in different fields and like we bring our experience uh, with a critical mind to where we go. And I think that at least it coming in with an analytical mindset has really helped me try to can, can help out others in whatever it is and not just be a yes person be like, oh, it's great. You're supposed to be like, no, you know what? Think about this. Uh, we're teachers. Like so much of what I've done is education. So it allows us to try to teach in that moments. And the hardest part is being just doing yes that to myself. Being a yes person is the worst thing, dude. Being a yes person yeah. is the worst thing. Yeah, it's just it's not helpful and it, it enables a lot of things yeah. that it, it makes me look like a bad guy when I come and say like, you know what? Like, before you film this thing, spend more time on the writing. Or before mm -hmm. you do this, you know, always weighing it against the the things like us doing this podcast, like jumping in and just, you know, weighing it between doing it and and not like waiting for something to be perfect, but also just being really an awareness of like, hey, when I do this, it isn't perfect at the outset, but I'm aware that I'm going to keep working on it instead of releasing it and suddenly like, oh, everyone says they loved it, like, We'll keep it as is. Yeah, you 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 want to balance it, and I think that uh, we kind of talked this and talked about this in the last podcast. But like, you can't let the pursuit of perfection get in the way of good enough. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so it's important to have critical eyes in your life. That's why I appreciate you, dude. That's why I appreciate Winton. Winton be the first person to tell me I'm fucking up. Like, you'll be the first <laughs> one. It's like, fearless, bro. Bro, that's. One of my favorite quotes. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes. I hear Christopher Hitchens say it all the time. He's like, "Do not let the perfect be the enemy of the good." Yep. And so I'm, I'm always trying to think about when I'm messing up, and often I am. It's that perfectionist thing we talked about last week. I'm letting the perfect get that shit tattooed on my body. I keep saying it. I need to just make it official. Got to make it body official. It's not even Facebook official. It's body official. It's body fish. I'm thinking, dude, my body just may be just a series of quotes. So I just like every day I wake up naked and I just read the quotes. <laughs> and I just remember the things that are important. Drew, Drew just gets a tattoo of a it's Twitter just, feed. That's what I need. Like it's just a Twitter feed down my body. Uh, dude, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, let's say I tweet something viral. My first album just dropped. It's got a million retweets. It's got four million likes. You better believe I'm screenshotting that shit, going to some jank-ass tattoo parlor in LA and saying, I want this on my body. Just a screenshot. Tattoo the screenshot of a tweet. Yeah. But Do you see those numbers? I need that on wax, please. Speaking of those numbers, thanks, everybody. This has been another great hey. episode. We love you. Yeah. It's year 27 of the quarantine. And mm -hmm. I, know, I know this episode, you know, we had a lot of like great little quotes that we requoted and had some very dark moments. But we, you know, we love you all, and I'm sorry. we're gonna keep this going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm human. I try to be fluffy and optimistic and everything. Sometimes I'm incapable of it, and I don't want you to ever think that I'm a downer. And then I'm that when you listen to podcasts that we intend to make you sad, especially during a quarantine. So. Uh, I'll be I'll be sure to make sure that before we start this, we'll like put a little disclaimer. Yeah. Make sure it's that good, if you're just not in the right the, space, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want I don't want anybody feeling uh, a little uh, anxious. 
mm-hmm. because we're doing okay. Uh, things are turning out to be much better than we had imagined they would be. We were expecting influenza of 1918 numbers. There's still time. Still time to not to do see, that or to see it. To knew that. <laughs> yeah, there's still it, time will tell. But just by seeing the majority of people without question. Take it seriously. Uh, with a dis- dysfunctional federal government choosing to close down their economy, their businesses, their everything for the sake of human life. That is beautiful. And we should be commended for it. We shouldn't forget that. And the wonderful men and women on the front lines who are risking their lives Mm -hmm. for us. So thank you all. Yeah. And, you know, stay safe and we'll, it's cosmic we'll be talking perspective. to you soon. That is the cosmic <laughs> perspective. I forgot what we were going to label our, our little Yeah, what section. are you going to call that? Uh, the wrap-up? The wrap-up. The wrap-up. Oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We love you all. Peace, everybody. Peace out. Peace.